The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. One eleven to one oh eight, and Troy's guarantee of Ooh. Nuggets in four is no longer a possibility. Never said it. Oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he said it. Did you, you hear him it. say it? I heard him say it loud and clear. Never said it. I believe it. it was something like this. He's like Nuggets in four. Yeah, something like that. Uh, like it, uh, yeah, never well. said it. I just, I, I just, the bravado at which you said it, I'll never forget. I'm going to point this out. Even in a loss last night where he only put up four assists, my 50 plus PRA bet on Nikola Jokic for each game in the series is still intact. You're going to ride that. With 40, well, it, because it's the full series, but right. he 41, 11, and four last night. Jeez. Oh, so the, he has to do this for the whole series? Has to do it each game of the series. That's a and how much so, you win? Uh, heading for like twenty five bucks on a two dollar bet. Two dollar bet over a whole series. Yeah, but the dude is like, have you ever just watched this? Well, guy? he's the only yeah. player for the Nuggets. Yeah, well, Jamal Murray. They don't have a bench. Uh, okay. Last night their bench outperformed Miami's bench by a long shot. Miami's bench at halftime had all of five points. Ooh. Mitch. They don't have a bench. Nuggets don't have a bench. <laughs> when you're playing just three guys, you don't have a bench. I mean, I realize that you, I get that, yes, I cringe at the fact that I even have to say this. I realize, yes, we dislike Christian Brown, <laughs> but he is on the Nuggets bench. And he's doing pretty good. He was pretty good last night. Hmm. Game one, he sucked, but last night he was solid. Hmm. How much money did you win last night? Zip. Did you lose all your bets? Uh, I lost my two bets because I had Nicola doing better than eight assists. Man, that's Bummer. money, dude. Bummer. That's money. He lost two dollars. I mean, yeah. When, yeah. Four, so now, but, yeah. so now, what are you, what are you at right now for the series through two games? Are you plus or minus in money? I'm even. 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 Breaking even. And this, that's a win to some. This Jokic, this fifty like po- points. Rebounds, assists. assists. Mm-hmm. That's gonna hit, and he's gonna be twenty five bucks richer. So what happened in the fourth quarter? What was the Oof. issue? Uh, defense looked like it was the opening twelve minutes of the night, actually, because first quarter they played poorly till about the two minute mark and got to within three, but already we're down by eleven uh, in the first quarter because of how poorly they were playing defensively, and they didn't adjust. And we're not good with what Miami did physically against them in the fourth quarter. And when it was all done, Miami put up 36 points and shot 69%. I mean, you're not going to win any games if you're doing that in the fourth quarter defensively. Another thing, what's annoying about the NBA Finals, so last night's Game 2, Sunday, I know they're traveling to Miami or whatever, Game 3 isn't until Friday. Wednesday. No, Wednesday Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Oh, I must have skipped ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. But still, they they stretch these babies out, man. They're sure like, they okay, 
takes about a month if you go seven. You know, it, and think about it. It used to be a beautiful layout in that you would have the NBA final one night, the NHL Stanley Cup final the next. Ooh, yeah. NBA final is back on track. Stanley Cup final the next night. It just rotated perfectly. No, instead now we've stretched it out so that ESPN can get both weekends that it wants out of it. And, and closer to three weekends. They don't want what happened during the like OJ Bronco chase to happen ever again. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, dude, we got to have one night for each for sure. Meanwhile, if you want game two of the NHL Stanley Cup finals, you just have to wait two days from game one Ooh, as they play tonight, tonight when Vegas won 5-2. And I enjoyed that game. Other, the first two uh, periods were fantastic. And boy, were they just probably two fists away from being a complete benches-clearing fist fight. It was that entertaining. They hated each other that much in Game 1. Florida and Vegas, uh, they'll play again uh, tonight. Yeah, the classic rivalry. Panthers versus the Golden Knights, dude. It doesn't get any more heated than that. How about this for just point of reference? The Golden Knights are in their second Stanley Cup final in their six years of existence. Has it been already six years? Yes. Okay. It's taken Florida since 1996 to get back to the Stanley Cup final wow. from their only other appearance. They went with three playoff appearances in 20 years. Yikes. Yeah, that was. I was going to say, it's not like they've been to the playoffs a whole bunch. They've been. They're, the, no. they're the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NHL. They, pretty much. They were good their initial few years, and then. Popped off. They made that 96 Stanley Cup appearance, and Colorado smoked them, and that was it. Mm. It was like they hit a brick wall at that point and had no idea how to go forward. Hockey, man, what a weird deal. Did did I ask you the trivia question, where are the Florida Panthers out of? Yeah, we did talk about it. Did we this, talk about it? Okay. Uh, but I, I think it's, what, St. Petersburg? Uh, I, I mean, surprise Arizona. It's my, basically Miami. Oh, yeah. In the same area. Yeah. It's right. a great, yeah, it's, greater Miami area, if you want to call it that. They don't share the same arena that the Heat have. So in other words, and in fact, the I think it was last year or a couple of years before, you wound up with a conflict where you had both an NBA playoff game and a Florida Panthers playoff game, home games on the same night. Ooh. Oof. Right. Yeah. A tough choice for all those people down in Miami. Just you know? completely out of sync. Like, go to the beach or go to one of these games. SoFlo has a chance to win a couple of championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's move on to a couple of other teams. And again, I hate just uh, my least favorite topic uh, <laughs> because I hate the idea of super conferences. But um, I guess the rumors are getting louder and the smoke is getting higher. Out of Boulder, Colorado, and it's not because of the joints being passed around. Although I got to say, it feels like Colorado's been passed around like a joint. <sighs> the Colorado Buffaloes and Arizona Wildcats. That's the latest rumor. Greg Swaim on his show. Out of, I think he's out of Stillwater. I'm not the most familiar with his show, but apparently he has uh, he has the sources around the Big Twelve that it's nearly a done deal. That Colorado and Arizona will be the newest additions to the Big 12. And that also attached to that report is, I, I, I don't know why, but I guess they are waiting to see what the new Pac-12 deal is when it comes to TV rights, but they're still out the door. So, okay. I mean, you know, the Pac-12 has had 11 months 
since UCLA and USC have bounced to the Big Ten. It's been 11 months now, and not a darn thing has happened. No. They haven't expanded. There hasn't been any conference realignment on their end. They're still putting out BS when it comes to, you know, we're getting close. We're getting close. We've heard that many times with their new TV rights deal, and nothing's happened. And my other thought is, how far behind is Arizona State and Utah? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question because Arizona State was just reported a couple of days ago that they're more than fine with Arizona departing without them. And Utah, I mean, the only word I've had I've heard at Utah is like Big Twelve. We're we're not we're not going anywhere. We we feel good where we're at in the Pac-12 that has a seven question marks after the the question, what's next? <laughs> Utah situation comes from as much as anything not wanting to be seen as following BYU. And there is still a a level of animosity there from when Utah got picked for the Pac-12 and BYU didn't because it gave Utah something to lord over BYU for years. Finally! And now BYU's in position where they're going to be in a conference that's in the Power Five, and Utah may not have a conference Mm -hmm. to be a part of in the Power. Mm -hmm. And maybe headed back to, oh, the Mountain West. Um, And so there's that that is at play for Utah right now. And that is just out and out a matter of pride. And they don't want anything to do with BYU if they can help it in this deal. For That was me for a while, you know, with conference realignment. I didn't want anything to do with with BYU. Now I've just kind of accepted it, but I'm still not a fan. Arizona State, to me, is the oddball in that you would think that they would be pushing to ensure that they're alongside of Arizona in whatever move takes place. And there's a rift there that I don't have a feel for, but let's be perfectly honest, in that state, Arizona's the story. Arizona State is the party school, and that's all it's really known for is being the party school. So why they are of this mindset that they can cut ties and do their own thing and have it be successful, I'm not sure. Do you think it has anything to do with Arizona State is one of those schools where their people, their big guys, ADs, their presidents, they have a loyalty to some of the remaining Pac-12 members, so they don't want to come off as someone that's jumping ship. But they know, as much as everyone else does, if Arizona and Colorado jump to the Big Twelve, they're going to. I mean, well, you know, like there's no, you can't stay stay pat, but you also don't want to look bad to schools that you've had a relationship with now for I mean, how many years? I mean, I know that that seems silly, but it sure seems like a lot of silly stuff is driving a lot of this thing. You know what I mean? Like it's I, I like I, like I said, I, I think maybe they're just like don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, and some of it too is and, and and knowing Mark Harlan at Utah a little bit, some of that is as well wanting to make sure that if it's Washington and Oregon, 
still doing something that Utah's right there with them. Right, and they like, they want to make sure that they're still a part of that pie. Right, you don't want to you don't want to close any doors at this right. at this moment. Also, what the hell is what, what's with, with Albuquerque? How come there can't be more people? Like, when is New Mexico gonna? <laughs> when are they gonna, so we can bridge that gap? You know what I mean? Like, we can have New Mexico in there too. That is a story in and of itself. Um, facilities are problematic football-wise and need serious upgrading. And there's not much of a uh, fan base buy-in when it comes to football. And basketball is by far and away where their love had been, had been. Right. And they haven't been good for no. They've not. You know, they were they were really seen as you know the the pit is tremendous when it's packed and it's rocking and you know in many ways it's a reminder of Bramlage at its best because fans are literally right on the floor mm. and it it it's a fun trip in there but. They have gotten apathetic in a marketplace where there just isn't a lot going on anyway. And like... yeah, I I have not understood uh, that situation whatsoever from from day one when they made the move to the to the Mountain West from the WAC at the time. That was a great move on their part, but it separated them away from New Mexico State, and there was some ill will there. But in general, you know, Albuquerque should be a market where yeah, there's interest. Should good. be, but they are the Boston College of the West. I, I forget they're even they even exist sometimes. But it's like, oh yeah, they have a major school there and the basketball tradition, and you figure. That they would have something at some point. You go, hey, New Mexico. But no. You look at the map. I'm obsessed when it comes to this conference realignment of looking at the map. And going, boy, that looks crappy going all the way over here. If we could just bridge that and have New Mexico, then we could do like a straight line thing there. I think that'd be awesome. Well, let me tell you something. Geography and conferences. It's gone. I mean, that died. You can maybe so argue that died ago. in the '80s when Hawaii joined the WAC or whatever. For sure, that's oh, super weird. Yeah, the, the but they had to play somebody. It, it is an amazing thing to realize when you go back and you look at the WAC in the '90s at about the same time that the Big Twelve came into existence. Yes, the WAC went to 16 teams. They became the first to put in the divisions just ahead of the Big Twelve doing so. And what prompted the the split to bring the Mountain West into being was that the schools that were a part of the WAC before that merger took place just did not want to see those other schools be part of it at all. And from then on, the WAC was fighting for its life. You would have thought that that conference would have had success in terms of what we're seeing now, I, it, it, but it completely failed. Yeah, it's so funny that you bring that up because I tell people a lot. Like my dream, I have two of them. Um, there was a the um, I, I, <laughs> there is one. Uh, my city for Rodney Magruder would have been awesome. It's number two, um, a thirty for thirty on the whack and oh, Mountain gosh, West yes. situation. It is insane the schools that were involved in that 16 team thing 
if it was just a few years down the line, I really think things would be so much different. They had they 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 had it. They really did. They had a, a grip on it, and but just couldn't keep it together because people didn't want to see other people, well, uh, you know, flourish. On your thirty th- for thirty thing, I think I think we're right in the middle of the story being told of a gigantic thirty or thirty that could, that could be titled after Brett Yormark. Ooh-wee. Open for business is the title of the thirty for thirty. Yeah, and right now we're in the we're in the storyline. We're in the chapter of. Colorado's theory and goals back in 2010 or whatever they left completely blew up in their face. Yeah. And now they tucked their tail between their legs. And maybe with the leader of the whole pack being Coach Prime, being Deion Sanders, having to retreat back to the Big 12. And it's not looked at as a re- it should be looked at as a retreat, though. No. Here's the amazing part of that. If you take a look, though, at the whack and how that played out, the formation of the Mountain West, well, then they get raided. Mm hmm. TCU being a prime example of that. Utah being a prime example of that. They got raided. So then here come the WAC teams up to the Mountain West, Utah State. And the WAC then has to turn around and try to fend for itself and bring. And so you've seen the ongoing upheaval that has come from what should have been a stabilized conference. Going to 16 teams, and it instead blew up in their face. The other aspect of that that is a completely side angle, in the day and age of the SEC network and the ACC network and all of that, the Mountain West couldn't make their own TV network work. Oh. And it's like, you just play them all after 9 p.m. Every game you ever had, just after 9 p.m. I think it's funny what you brought up about uh, Coach Prime. You know he's on board. You know he's like, I don't want to... I came here to be on TV, and I came here to be big time. This conference has fallen apart. I mean, really, just be honest with yourself. This is not looking good. The Big 12, they're expanding, and we don't even know if we're going to have a conference next year. Let's get with those guys. He doesn't care about, well, we're going to come back you know, and say we're sorry. Ah, forget it. It's all it's all old news. I mean, we all understand why they left Texas. Thank you. I mean, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, Let, yeah, let's yeah. let's just admit what it is. For sure. Well, that problem's out the door. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. You think Texas was the big issue for Colorado? Oh God, yes. I think they were a big problem for everybody. Everybody, yeah. I really think the Longhorn Network at the time. Well, I mean, but at the time yeah. there was also worry about the Big Twelve imploding. Yes, but With, it was because, because of conference realignment. But it was because Texas was the one that was prompting okay. all of that, yeah. wanting to make its move because everybody got displeased with the Longhorn Network proposal. Remember, they were going to show high school games. Yeah. That's where AM said we're done. Yeah. That's you know, true point. Longhorn <laughs> Network. AM. Man, what a nightmare. What a nightmare yeah, for them. You know, you know? Again, I was I mean, bummed, though, when they left. Yeah, I really was. Well, here And here again, here's the Utah-BYU argument all over again. Texas and Texas A&M. Now they've got to turn around and try to make nice Ugh. as conference mates again. Good luck. Oh, my God. Hey, the new. Uh, we have a new student here. It's Texas. Texas A&M, why don't you show them around? Oh, God. <laughs> hey, they're going to be like, ah! Well, Brett Yormark, being the New Yorker he is, he's a commissioner to everybody but Colorado. To Colorado, he's a boss. For sure. He's a treat Colorado like he's a mob boss. Mm-hmm. You ditch us again, we break your legs. <laughs> 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 you turn your back, you're lucky to get a second chance, bub. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're going to have to kick up some extra vig, you know what I'm saying? I really do 
I can't wait. If Arizona, that's awesome. If they come, if they join the Big Twelve, that's a big deal. Maybe we can trade a couple out. You know what I'm saying? BYU take a hike. UCF take a hike. You know. You know what I mean? Just. I mean, there, I don't. There's really nobody you can add that's like gonna like really excite me. Like, oh, sure. I'm just thrilled that this program is joining the Big Twelve. Like I said, I'm just not a huge fan of you know monster super conferences. Sure. I love rivalries, and I think conference realignment has damaged a lot of rivalries and damaged Oof. a lot of. Maybe we were used to it. Just what we got for a long time with the current structure of conferences back in the. Mid to late 90s into the 2000s, and it felt really comfortable. It felt like it was all right where right. it should be, and it's just not the same anymore. Honestly, we need to get it back to where it's a regional thing, and it's not going to happen. I just, with, with like a conference that's so spread out, like the Big 12 is about to be, is it going to be one of those deals where they say, okay, K-State soccer, for instance, you're going to fly out to UCF, and then maybe like – during the season, possibly sprinkle in some non-con games in Florida, or say it's UCF. We're going to start the season at UCF, and then you'll you'll play also another East Coast game for a non-con before that. Like, are they going to stay out there for know, a week or well, two? I, like baseball kind of does. It, it's so like the way like soccer works. So you have like a you're in like a pairing like a travel pair you 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 have somebody you're teamed up with basically to do these road trips with so you like the thing is you know once you do get out east and you have UCF West Virginia Cincinnati it's all kind of scattered uh, i i see it going one or two ways you might yes make a road trip like K State KU will travel out to the to the east coast Cats will play at UCF KU plays at West Virginia and then they flip uh, and then they might have a flight, but they also just might have a one-off weekend, right? Where they just fly out to UCF, play a Thursday game or a Friday game, and that's it for the week. And then they just fly back. I, most likely, that's the way they'll do it. There won't be any non-con mixed in with conference play, like for soccer. If you get into the issue once again that gets lip service constantly. But to be perfectly honest, for sports like women's soccer and and. The ones that are the nonprofit, if you will, the the non-financial ones, uh, class time, school time. I mean, we kind of forego that for baseball at this point, sure. and you know, there are plenty of questions regarding football, and that's been one of the discussions with the college football playoff, and well, basketball has become its own beast in and of itself as well. But there still is lip service to the educational part of it, at least for your Olympic sports. Listen, right. for, for soccer, there's only one hope in scheduling, and that's avoiding Provo, Utah. But oh. unfortunately for the <laughs> unfortunately for K-State soccer, they'll have to make that road trip because BYU soccer is incredibly good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, isn't that the – sorry, go ahead. The day you got married, Deej, yeah. K-State, uh, they hosted BYU that day. And it was, I think it was the worst lot home loss in program. It was like six nothing. It was a, oh. and they're like they're all married too. Yeah. And like, so twenty six. Yeah, yeah. They're old. Yeah, yeah, they're just very good soccer players there for at BYU. Speaking of New Mexico, isn't that famous clip of the girl uh, New Mexico soccer player just beating up a bunch of yes. BYU girls? Was it because yes. they're all they're all like punching remember. each other in there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Pulling yeah. on the ponytails. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back. 
Troy's going to mention his game sports update. Uh-oh. A former cat after Michael Bishop went into the College Football Hall of Fame in January. Who's next? We got the ballot. 2024, former cats on there. That's next. Just moments ago at the White House, the Kansas City Chiefs being honored with President Joe Biden. And somebody on the fly tried to take the podium. So I've been waiting for this. (laughs) Travis Kelsey, right at the end of the ceremony, tried to go up to Biden's uh, podium, which of course has the seal. (laughs) And... uh, I thought somebody had come on stage and pulled him away and like was just telling Travis Kelsey, sorry, sorry, you can't do that. It was Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) He pulled him away from the podium. Mahomes wearing sunglasses. I was kind of fooled. I thought that was Secret Service. And then Biden takes a look at Travis Kelsey. He's like, you trying to take my job, buddy? Can't take this guy anywhere with you, man. (laughs) Kelsey wearing a a black suit with a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a red Red suit suit. with a black T-shirt. He's also wearing Nike shoes with it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the the White House. Well dressed up. That's right. That's awesome. I, you know what? I kind of, I kind of don't like Patrick Mahomes for that move. Let it just go. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. If the Secret Service have to step in, let them step in. I've got a feeling it's not your that job. That, I've got a feeling that there may have been a plan there for that. I have a feeling that uh, Patrick Mahomes is in complete and total damage control mode. So anytime, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. And he forgets, oh, that's not Jackson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's just Kelsey. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Can't help himself. Well, earlier today, we found out the, uh, the 2024 ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame has guys like Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Colorado, we just brought Colorado up moments ago. Alex Smith. Name a couple of former Chiefs, of course. Alex Smith, who played quarterback. And the Utah Eric, Ute. Eric Bieniemy, uh, of course, former Colorado Buffalo, but also offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and now he's with the Washington Commanders. We have a new cat up for, uh, up for the bout for the College Football Hall of Fame. Last year, going in after like five or six tries to get yeah. him in, right? Michael Bishop, it took forever. But finally got him in. I don't know if there's like a limit on how many times you could be nominated or whatever or put on the ballot, but if there was a limit, he was probably getting real close. <laughs> yeah. Real close was Michael Bishop. But yeah. he, he, he squeaked his way in there and absolutely deserves it. If, if Michael Bishop can get into the College Football Hall of Fame, I don't see an issue with this guy getting into the College Football Hall of Fame, and that's Terrence Newman. Salina, Kansas native. Four, really five years with the Cats. He redshirted his first year and two years as a starter. Terrence Newman is one of 78 players to be considered for the Hall of Fame in the class of 2024. Now, he was a consensus All-American his final year, like Michael Bishop. He was a second-team All-Big 12 his junior year, redshirt junior year, just like Michael Bishop. If, If the Hall would consider... Other sports this person competed in, Terrence Newman might be first ballot. For sure. First ballot. For sure. College Football Hall of Famer. Right. Also consider, you know, the pro football he played. Uh-huh. I think that's obviously a louder argument because Terrence Newman played 15 seasons in the NFL, most of that with the Dallas Cowboys, fifth overall pick in the uh, in the 2003 NFL draft. 
But as a first-team All-American, his senior year, he dabbled, of course, playing some wide receiver. And by the way, an elite kick returner. Yeah, I He was first probably recognized for his special teams work. And then his last two years, I, I mean, he played great when he got the opportunity, of course. And he played, I think, quite a bit, if I remember correctly, in, in, in 2000. But it was like 2001 when he had the two-interception game against Oklahoma on the road. And then 2002 was just through the roof for Terrence Newman. If Michael Bishop's in, I think there's no doubt about it. Terrence Newman, if not this year, at some point he will be a college football Hall of Famer. One of those guys that is, to borrow a term from an old host of this show, a, a made guy as far as K-State goes, that blocked field goal return for a touchdown against USC, I'll never forget that. For as long as I live, I, I will always remember that. And what a special athlete and special ambassador for K-State. It's one of those things, it, it just stinks that, I don't know if nationally he got a lot of cred as much as Jim he, Thorpe Award winner he in was. 2002. I just I think it's a lot like Michael Bishop's thing where it's like we're like obviously, you know, but nationally it's like, do they recognize that nationally? I sure hope so. I hope Terrence Newman gets in on the first ballot. That'd be awesome because he was so good. He was so good, and I think if you took somebody and you showed them the stats and the reels, you'd be like, see, this guy's good. But unfortunately, I think a lot of voters, they just don't do stuff like that. You know, they don't do back research. They got their own jobs. They got stuff to do. They don't care. You almost have to have a sports information department sending out those that information, uh, honestly, uh, because you're right. I mean, we, we complain about the Baseball Hall of Fame and how little homework some other guys do in terms of putting together the numbers and actually looking at the breadth of someone's career and... The NFL Hall of Fame is another one where, you know, uh, there, there's a certain Bronco linebacker that should have been in a long time ago by the name of Randy Gratishar that continues to be shut out. And, you know, and that's even with three people specifically on the Veterans Committee that are pitching for him. You know, it, it, you have to have a heck of a salesman doing that job for you beyond you know just what you would expect it, it's it's a shame but that's the way that uh, it gets viewed and you know because the SEC is what it is and oh by the way we'll throw in Heisman guys you know they they're going to automatically draw attention right away mm-hmm. top 5 NFL pick you know like that stuff it means a lot to me. I really, I, I mean, the, the guy was electric, man. He was electric. So I mean, I, I remember the, the 2002 Holiday Bowl you know. against Arizona State. He was playing every position almost. He, he, it was for, awesome for the Cats. I mean, he yeah. was incredible. Like he was beating good corners mm-hmm. down the sideline for big plays, and he was really only like an offensive player. I, I don't remember the circumstances. Uh, during the 2002 season, but he really his offensive play was only during the 2002 season, if I remember correctly. But he was always a special teams guy. Yeah. And defensively, just absolutely excelled in 2001 and 2002. And I know 2001 wasn't a great year, but 2002 was certainly a, a memorable year. And Terrence Newman was like the leader of that oh. team. Pound for pound. And going back to what you said about when Kurtz would call him a made guy, yeah. no doubt about it. He is one, no doubt about it. And he might be. Pound for pound, the best athlete I mean, in K-State history. I think there's obviously an argument for that. I mean, he's a former K-State track and field record holder. He's a former Big 12 champion, track and field 
uh, for uh, he was a sprinter, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he's a former Big Twelve champion. I think he used to run a relay with Aaron Lockett. Yep. Uh, he used to beat Aaron Lock in a couple of sprints back in the day. I mean, he was a an incredible track performer as well. Hey, so about the Rushmore of just like Kansas high school football. I mean, and 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 what they went on to accomplish. Like he's on that. You know, he's on that short list of greatest of all time. The guy was electric. But I'm not going to like. You know, I'm not going to look down the whole list of college football Hall of Famers on the ballot this year and try to debate like who he could get past there's just that'd be way too much work and there's you know again there's 78 players on this list only a handful are going to be selected for the college football hall of fame but if he doesn't get in i think he will get in that's just really what i wanted to say there if he doesn't get in this year he will be at some point because it felt like michael bishop's luck was really running out Hmm. Uh, you know, and again, he popped on the ballot again, but it was like, we've been through this four or five times. It feels like, is he going to get in? Is this finally his time? He did finally get in. He absolutely deserved it. <laughs> he did. I, I feel better about Terrence Newman's chances. He should honestly, he should obviously be honored with this award. Early 2000s football players, he was one of the best. He was. He really was. And he was up for the Jim Thorpe Award twice. He almost won it twice. Mm. But he won it just in 2002. And Michael Bishop, he was an award winner in 1998. Was it the Davey O'Brien? Was that right? Mm-hmm. Is that what he won in 1998? So, yep. I mean, honestly, like when it comes to accolades, Terrence Newman and Michael Bishop are actually extremely similar. Yes. But obviously, Michael Bishop was a quarterback, Heisman Trophy, run, or a Heisman Trophy finalist. And um, Terrence Newman obviously didn't get that kind of attention. But he's no doubt about it. One of the best, if not he, the best, defensive back, 2001-2002. He... It's like the. It's so weird. College football player, you are measured by what you do in the NFL, and he. I mean, he was in the NFL for almost what you said, fifteen. Fifteen years? seasons. Jeez. I mean, yeah. Even coached a year. You know, like that's a lot of time to be. It, it, oh yeah, Terrence Newman, and I think that's like where Bishop is. Like he was a Heisman finalist, but yet you feel better about. But Terrence Newman's case than Michael Bishop's. It's you know, and it's just like he just wasn't around long enough. And it's too bad uh, for Michael Bishop. Well, now that he's in, it's cool. But Terrence Newman, please let this guy in, man. Put him in first ballot. He was so good. Oh, my God. It did stink that he was from Salina Central. (laughs) As opposed to Salina South? No. Just thinking back to the old I-70 days, aren't you? Yep. Mm -hmm. I-70 league still burns. Oh, that might – well, no, you would have played against him. Definitely did not play against him. No, he was a few years before you, right? he was a few years older. Because he graduated – because – oh, let me – okay, so Terrence Newman. That would have been 98. So, yeah, he would have graduated high school in 98. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I didn't play against him because he would have dominated me. Did you play against many uh, former K-State players? We had a lot of them, yeah. I played – well, I mean – the number one guy was Sproles. Sure, you know. That I mean, you saw him in the state did. championship. God, game. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Rashad Washington. Okay. Um, then um, there's a couple O linemen that I played against. Um, a guy from uh, Topeka High. I can't remember. Uh, I'm gonna think. I'll, I will think about this as soon as we're out off the air. I wish I would have known that I was going to come up like this. Um, I, 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 I'm sure I played more against K-State players than just two, Cody Whitehair and uh, Curry Sexton, you but know, I, I couldn't tell you. You know, um, Cedric... Of course, back in the day, I sat Curry Sexton. No big deal. Hey-oh! Varsity um, game. Cedric... Uh, Got through uh, Cody Whitehair to get there. 
And that yeah, guy, it's, it, it's no big deal. He's he, like to this day, he sits home and stews about that. You know, he's like that one I gave up again. Oh my god, against Clay Center. Well, John brought it up to Curry on air one time, and Curry's like, "Oh yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't know. <laughs> I went on to catch touchdowns yeah. for the Cats. Nah, I don't know nah, about nah. high school stuff. Uh, I will tell you, Yaman Figures was a guy who played uh, when I was at Hutch. He was at Garden City, and is one of the fastest people. I'd oh ever yeah, seen. my god, we kicked it to him. Like, we were, like, actually in the game. We're like, man, we're really hanging in there with him. Kicked it to him, housed it, and it was over. And I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Maurice Mack was another guy, a oh, Latham wow. North guy. Okay. He, uh, when it was our senior year, we went oh, back to the yeah. same championship. He carried the ball, I don't know, 562 times in one game. It was crazy. They just handed him the ball the whole game. He was tough, tough, tough kid. He played running back and linebacker. I mean, that's a lot of wear and After a while, you got to be like, Coach, can I sit down for five minutes, man? You played outside linebacker and running back, and they handed him the ball literally 40 times in the game. After a while, it was just a You know, it's funny. When, when Manhattan High played, so this past year when they won a state championship, they played Derby twice. Mm-hmm. And they played Dylan Edwards twice. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised going into those games that – Dylan Edwards, with his, of course, he was for a brief moment, like for a month, committed to K State. Then it was Notre Dame, and now he's going to play for Deion Sanders at Colorado, and he's signed and everything. But when I was doing my research on him for my play by play for week one and then substate, he was only carrying the ball maybe 13 times a game. Mm-hmm. I was like, a player like that, how does he not get more touches than 13? I was surprised. But they do have some great players. But Dylan Edwards is by far, I mean, he's the quickest player in the in the world. But how many touchdowns, in high school. How many touchdowns did he have? Too many. <laughs> I mean, 13, I'm like, yeah, 13 touches, man. He's maximizing those carries. <laughs> give, him, give him 20, and you're, you're going to win every game. Uh-huh. There, uh, another K-State guy. He had to play guy, quarterback at Substate. Another K-State was, guy played against Donnie Anders. He was at Salina Central. He uh, he got uh, he got the ball fifty four times in one game, fifty four. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you just be like, no, no, I no, I don't and, want the ball. And try, I know what you're saying. Like thirteen times, he's probably scoring thirteen times. No, he's no, not it depends who you play. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, it, you know, Manhattan did a really good job. I thought of just not letting him get the big touchdowns. Especially in the second game, but they also—I mean—he had an injury at quarterback. But that first game, he did have a couple of big runs. What was in every time running for thirty yards or a touchdown? You called, okay. So you called a lot of those games. You called every called game. all of them. Okay, besides one last so, year. So, so the young man that put that hit on him on in like the second play of the game, mm-hmm. he signed with K State. Yes, right? he did. That kid, what's his name? Walk on. Do you know? Remember his name? That young man. I watched his film, like afterwards. I did not know anything about him. That guy, I hope I'm right on that. This kid, this kid is lighting people up left and right. I hope his coverage skills are awesome because I'll tell you what, when he comes up to the line of scrimmage, he means business. Um, that hit that he put on Dylan Edwards was um, that was uh, fantastic. All right, all right, we need to take a break. When we come back, um, let's see. With these being just our shows, yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to squeeze in number one song, especially since we're not putting them on the uh, podcast anymore due to copyright reasons. What? We're trying to obey the law. Yes, I know. Oh, I know. We're going to finish up the show with a quick break. We'll do a little ask us anything after these words.
forgot to give a shout out to that uh, Manhattan High football player that Deej brought up. That's Dre Delort, who is a walk-on for K-State. Maybe play a little defensive back. Might be the next Terrence Newman. You never know. You never know. Good luck, son. You are a hit a tear. Um, hey, what was the song you were gonna pick for song? Do you remember? Well, I gotta keep. I can use it oh, for another day. Yeah, so okay. I gotta. I well, always keep be- them a secret. Kiss from a rose on the gray. Go ahead and start talking about it. I've been kissed by. I'll just sing the songs and then you can talk about them because they can't copyright that. But uh, Seal, he previously went by Whale. Hey! And then the Whale. Uh, and then they contacted his. Uh, they were like, you can't use that name. Hey, what do you window shop for online knowing full well you're not going to buy it? It's a good question uh, because I, I, I do this once in a while with like f- houses oh, basically yeah, so no. i've been i've been searching for a house forever but i haven't taken it too seriously i get on like realtor.com oh, yeah. and just look at houses every i get notifications on my phone when another one goes on sale in the area oh. and i'm like i see a three bedroom a nice three bedroom pop up and it's $225,000 i'm like <laughs> this freaking market for houses i know it's like everybody else and it's just going up and it doesn't come down but now uh, it's even harder yeah, for somebody luck. on their own to go buy a house. It, it's good like impossible. Luck. Good luck. Unless dude. you make like 125 grand a year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm not even going to get into houses. <laughs> yeah, no. We're, we're so far beyond that. I do. I'm like houses, vehicles, especially motorcycles. I don't even ride a motorcycle, but I'm always looking at them. Uh, you know, I always laughed about that my midlife crisis car was a Corvette. So guess what starts showing up on the used car lots uh, the most after I hit about 45? Oh, yeah. You know you know what, David G., what I've been thinking about is since we, we both live in the same neighborhood, we're, mm-hmm. we're just a block or two away from each other. Since we're like a mile from the station, yeah. I thought about just getting a moped and driving that around in the summers. And please, could we team up and get dual mopeds, dude? I'd rock one. To, I would so rock one to work. It'd be awesome. Be like the movie Larry Crown. <laughs> just have this big gang of moped riders. Oh yeah, dude. Are you in? I'm in if yes. I can find one of. Them. <laughs> yeah, you gotta find one for less. Used, than- you know, no more than a G and a half. You oh know, yeah, and stack I'm and a half. Even, I mean, I want one of them littler ones. You I don't know where to go buy a moped though. That's a good question. If you know a good moped dealer, yeah. I, I want to know bad. At Mitch the Ford on Twitter, <laughs> let me know. Drop in the DMs. <laughs> what about uh, Nelly across the glass? What do you like to window shop for? <laughs> I like to look at guitars. Ooh. You like guitars, and you are a um, ticket person, too. Yeah, I look at tickets all the time. So. He's always like, Like hey. old ticket stubs? Uh, no, like going to shows and stuff. Oh, okay. He'll be like, you going to go to this show? And I'm like, no, but I'm glad I know about it now. I, You know, it's like I'm young again. If we got the time, we need to address, uh, I called Travion Nelly because he's wearing a bandage on his cheek. Uh-oh. Did you was it like a pimple or something? Yeah. A bleeder? I was gonna say if it's I'll beat I'll get him. Dude, you tell me who did it, I'll beat their <laughs> I'll beat their oh boy. Not hey, that exciting. Can <laughs> we squeeze in one more, I think? One more. If you had a clone, do you think you'd get along with him? Straight up clone. No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I'm a little too hard headed for that. I'd probably get along with with the first one. It's when it becomes number three or number four, like uh, multiplicity. Yeah. 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 
problematic. Who's this guy, huh? Oh, yeah. Troy starts picking up things he hasn't noticed about himself, and he's like, God, this guy is annoying. <laughs> Listen, I'll admit I'm annoying. I mean, <laughs> Travion, do you think you'd get along with your clone? I don't know. That's yeah. a weird question. Isn't that a weird question? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would, because, I mean, we'd like the same things. I don't know. You'd be like, hey, man, uh, are you into this band? Yeah, I'm your clone. But then my clone would be like, I no, I want to play Xbox. No, I want to, uh, you know, we're fighting uh, over stuff. Oh God. They'd end up killing you or something. Or we both want to drive because we think we're way better driver than our clone or, and everybody Whoa. else on Earth. And and then what if you're fighting your, like, Trey, like, Trey said you're fighting your clone to the death? You're looking at yourself? Uh, neither the clone or I would have the stomach for that. No! <laughs> for Trey, Deej, Troy, I'm Mitch. We have the Royals next. Go Cats. Ooh.